0: Welcome back to another episode of five questions with Frank Manger, a podcast born out of a quest to change the perception of what we see on social media. Life is not all about models, bottles, boats, jets, fashion and people showing off stacks of cash. I'll bring you interviews with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and others who will share their origin stories and lessons that shape them. Each show will give you a look into the lives of people just like you that have achieved success, even though the odds were stacked against them. People who you can relate to, who have been where you have been and who are now where you might aspire to be someday joining us today is someone who will make you think twice about complaining sean callagy is a successful lawyer and the co-founder of unblinded a global organization changing the sales game the exciting thing about sean isn't the fact that he's legally blind and still doing these amazing things in his life but that his vision extends beyond his eyesight it's bigger than physically seeing something listen into his story What's up, peeps? Joining me today is Sean Callagy, a successful entrepreneur who heads up Unblinded Mastery, where he inspires other entrepreneurs to unleash their gifts through his integrity-based sales training. He also has a side hustle, where he's the founder and president of Callagy Law, which he has grown to a team of over 100 and has six offices in five states across the nation. Pretty impressive so far, but let's throw in the fact that Sean is legally blind. Yep, a legally blind lawyer, which I'm sure we'll get into all about how that plays out in a field filled with books, journals, and stacks of paper. The exciting thing about Sean isn't the fact that he's legally blind and still doing amazing things in his life, but that his vision extends beyond his eyesight. It's bigger than physically seeing something. His vision is something we're going to learn all about today. Sean, thanks so much for being on the show. Really great to have you.
1: Frank, it's great to be here and thanks everybody for listening. It's an honor and privilege.
0: Great. So I've had a lot of fun kind of just digging into uh, who you are um, and, and a little bit about your backstory. So really excited to have you and really excited to share it with the audience. So before we get into some of the q and A, I I'd really love for you to give your version and a, a glimpse of the day in the life of Sean, who you are and, and what makes you tick.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Frank. So what makes me tick is I believe that God has given us all talents and we have choices and we can bury them, we can squander them, or we can amplify them. And uh, I choose to believe that it's our duty, responsibility, mission to amplify them and have a lot of fun in that process. Uh, My kids make me tick. I've had the privilege of creating business ownership instead of operatorship, which allowed me to coach a thousand of my kids' games as they were growing up. I missed nine games uh, building business and entrepreneur not saying it in a look at me fashion but saying that's what's possible when we follow a formula um, finally I'm, I'm here down at the beach in New Jersey quarantining during corona and it's been an interesting process for sure uh, it's suboptimal but if you're going to do it uh, the Jersey Shore which may be Frank I know you're in Connecticut but across the nation one of the most misinterpreted places in the world because like dolphins swim by whales seagulls everywhere turtles amazing things and one wouldn't think that's New Jersey so I love the outdoors love the ocean and nature. So thanks for asking.
0: Great. Yes. Um, so again, kind of learning a little bit about your, your journey. Uh, you you've built, uh, from what I've read and, and kind of dug into, you, you built a successful firm, had an exit there, uh, rebuilt a new firm, which you have today, which you, which you call your side hustle, which is pretty <laughs> impressive. Anyone tuning in who has a side hustle that has over 100 employees and six different offices, um, that by by any definition is a very successful side hustle. But the really beauty of that, from what you told me, is that that business that, of course, you've grown and I'm sure you're very passionate about has allowed you to do other things in life where you're really maybe changing some stuff and building a legacy. So uh, why don't you give us a little bit into your journey and, and let us know how you got to where you are today. Uh, we, we'd love to
1: learn more about you. Yeah, no, thanks so much, Frank. So the, the quick few minute, you know, three, three minute nutshell is, um, my mom at f- five years old finds out I'm blind. She's asking herself the questions are going to go blind. Uh, like her father, you know, how is he going to make a living? How is he going to have little and support a family? Why is this happening? And fast forward to today and my mom, uh, thankfully is still alive. We talk and pray together frequently and she's an incredible, uh, mentor, uh, incredibly strong figure in my life. And she didn't go to college. She never had money. In fact, she pushed a hot dog cart when I was a baby. And at the same time, she, along with other people in my family, always inspired me to dream. So I grew up as an athlete. I had my vision at that point. I played baseball, uh, football, and wrestled in high school. I went on to be um, Division I player at Columbia University, started all four years, was captain my senior year. And athletics were my life. And I had dreamed of being a professional baseball player. I was on my way to getting drafted. And I was told that, uh, well, that the summer before I was going to get drafted, I began to have the first issues with my eyesight, retinitis pigmentosa, the same eye condition that Steve Wynn of the Wynn Hotels in Vegas has. And uh, so I ended up not getting drafted, was devastated, didn't know what else to do, ended up taking a year working uh, in New York City, uh, and then went to law school. So I go to uh, law school. And while I was there, um, I realized uh, upon succeeding, because I wasn't a great student in undergrad, I was like a B student at Columbia. You're like, well, hey, Columbia, it's a great school, but I, I really didn't have great study habits. I wrote papers. I was a decent writer, so I was able to get Bs. And I realized uh, when I succeeded in law school, graduating with honors, that there was this differential that people created in the results, not based on IQ, SAT, LSAT, GRE, not based on that, or even EQ, but based on something else. And it seemed like it was elusive and complex for most, but I was able to, and it didn't make sense, Frank, that I ended up as a Division One athlete. I'm 5'10". I was definitely fast, I had a lot of things going for me, but a lot of kids did. And a lot of kids had that same dream, but somehow I end up there. Same thing in law school, incredibly bright people, a lot, a lot of people smarter than me. So how is it that I end up with all these dream job offers, top of my class, making things happen? I'm like, what is that dynamic? And people like, oh, you're successful, and it's my mom and dad, like, you, know, you should be so proud. And I'm like, yeah, but like, why? Like, what's the story? And that, that was in me. Why'd the Miracle on Ice team win the gold in 1980? How did Muhammad Ali beat George Foreman when he shouldn't? Like, How do these things happen that don't seem to make sense? So I, go, I graduate from law school, and I start working, and I realize that the people there weren't happy. They didn't have freedom. They didn't have a line of sight to go into where they wanted to go, and I sure didn't either because I thought it worked like athletics. Like, hey, do the best job, win the race, be the fastest, be the best, and it all works out, and I'm finding out that's not at all how it works out. And I felt like I had no control over my money, my time freedom, and ultimately my magic, the fulfillment, the pride, the connection, the experiences emotionally that we'd all want in life. So I set out to search for a formula and a resolution. Uh, I found it sequencing from Tony Robbins to Jay Abraham to how to make a fortune from public speaking to lots of other people's work. And in a nutshell, I said, I'm going to quit my job, $100,000 in debt from law school. I'm going to start my own law firm on my credit card to see if all this, this stuff works. Is Tony Robbins right? Is she Abraham right? Is, is personal development these walls in the bookstore? Does it really work? And my God, it did. And I quit my job. I built a 40 person law firm in two years. I had financial abundance, like mind blowingly, going from broke, 100K in debt, living in a small apartment, to owning a beach house, holding my son on his first birthday on the roof of it, which by the way, we we're sitting in uh, this morning. So my life has stood for overall, like through that point, the idea. That we don't see what we don't see. I'm blinded about not seeing what we don't see, about all kinds of things that we are, they're right there in front of us to create the money, time, and magic we want. Because I didn't live a life that was scale, build, scale, build, scale, build. It was scale and build, scale and build to a point that I can have freedom in my time to spend my kids' childhood with them. So that's the beginning.
0: Great. And I like how that ties in because a lot of people look at, Success different ways. Everyone has different versions of success. What success means to them Um, and and of course you've uh, Perceptually seen like you have it both you've you built the business um, You've kind of got the financial freedom aspect of it, but also the freedom to be able to do what you enjoy do what you love uh, Spend time with your family as you mentioned, you know not miss missing, you know uh, being able to be there for your kids for sports and things like that so there's a a real balance um, of of what success means to some people, and and I think you've been able to achieve that uh, by also also having a lot of passion and doing what you love. Um, so. So you do, so unblinded is, as I've checked it out, uh, seems like very exciting, lots of fun. uh, The people you surround yourself and even you, ton of energy in the videos I've seen and checked out. So um, you work with a lot of different people, not only on the law side and legal side with the team, uh, you know, leading a great team and and being surrounded by awesome people, but also on the unblinded side, um, what is a piece of advice that you would give to people tuning in that you've learned and you you would love to be able to share? Uh, We got everyone's attention right now. What's a a piece of advice from Sean?
1: Yeah, Frank and everybody. There's a formula. Like there is a formula to how we get the results we want and we don't follow it, we get pain. Because my life has been far from perfect. I'm still great friends with the mom of my children. It wasn't because of working long hours. Um, You know, we got divorced. And that was um, and is one of the great pains of my life and it's because we both didn't follow a formula to get there. So, um, and there's other things that I've had. I've I've trusted too much. I've not had agreements that were clear where I believe people do what they said. I mean, I have a long list of things. I've made way more mistakes than I've done things right uh, in that journey. So, there is a the road to a beautiful life and mastery is paved with lots of errors and pain. But the easiest one to like easiest thing to understand is there's really three components to producing the results we do. It's what's our mapping and process? There's a like there's a model to that, always. What's our influence mastery level with integrity to go from low to yes? And where's our self-mastery? And anything I have and everything I don't, and everything that's been wonderful, and everything that hasn't been, I could dial it right into that. And so over time, hopefully, for all of us, we are accelerating in how much more efficiently. We're creating the money, time, and magic we want in our life, in a nutshell. So have a formula, follow a formula. want to adopt our formula, fantastic, or some formula, but make sure it's there and it makes complete sense to you. And when you don't follow it, that's when you have pain. And when you do, you have lots of fun and lots of freedom. You've,
0: I'm really impressed with um, how you kind of really are embracing life. You're enjoying life. Um, and, and again, kind of seeing things, I think it comes through your, your failures, admitting the failures. You said you've made a lot of mistakes. You've learned a lot. I think people get defeated by mistakes. People give up um, if they, if they get your butt kicked, you know, how do I get back up? How do I dust myself off and can you continue to go? Uh, you've used uh, those failures and those mistakes to, to be better to do better and to apply them so that a you, you don't make the same ones again um, but also apply them into your life to, to be a better version of yourself um, Thank you. if, if we can look at you know what you're doing again kind of uh, on both levels what what's the fuel that keeps you going you get out of bed in the morning and you're excited for the day ahead of you what what is that thing that really drives you and says man I can, I can do this every day for the rest of my life
1: I think it goes back to that idea of the talents. Um, So I do believe I'm been given talent. We all have, and I I believe I'm responsible for mine and I invite other people to view it that way as well. And so every day, my, my question I'm asking myself is how do I create the largest impact I can while taking care of my immediate responsibilities in front of me? I'm innovating consistently and growing and having fun and celebrating. I definitely have fun and celebrate. But I, I think one of the great challenges, I mean, there's so much to talk about, Frank, I wish we had these, right? But it one micro distinction that I would share, one key two millimeter shift, as Tony Robbins would say, would be that people tend to innovate horizontal, horizontally instead of vertically. So they they jump from like thing to thing to thing, like a horizontal innovation would be, Okay, we got a market. You open up a book in marketing. There's like 70 concepts that you could do. So now I'm gonna really focus on podcasts. No, no, now I'm gonna focus on uh, shooting videos. No, no, uh, now I'm gonna focus on direct mail. And when the things don't go the way they would hope, we would hope, we would tend to like move to the next thing and falsely conclude it doesn't work. I'm gonna hire salespeople. Oh, well, salespeople aren't good, or I'm just not good at training salespeople. Vertically innovating within the thing, like vertically innovating to solve for just the next challenge because every one of those things works. Every single one. It's a question what are the vertical innovations within that structure, connecting it to other horizontals, right? Connecting that, the vertical to other things horizontally that we create our most massive acceleration. Said differently. Unblinded feeds Calgary law. Calgary law feeds unblinded. I own a financial and uh, insurance company which feeds both. I've created Silicon Valley uh, startup with a gentleman, a great person on YouTube, Chris Crone. And Chris and I have this concept, uh, and it's it's like at launch level, that services all of it. So it's how do you keep connecting dots, finding amazing teammates, because the only way I have freedom from Calgary Law, and I still lead it, but the only way I'm able to have such you know um, smaller touches, is because I have incredible, and remarkable people doing it. And by the way, had to go through a lot of folks that it it didn't work out incredibly along the way over the years. And some, in the old days, I would have blamed them for it. And now I would say, you know what, even if they did things out of integrity or things I perceived to be out of integrity or wrong, I take responsibility for where my accountability structures were, where where my process mastery was in leadership. So simple point, innovate horizontally, connect it to other um, verticals horizontally, and you have magic. Don't jump, don't hop, jump, hop, giving up on things. Dig deeper, create innovation, and those roots grow massively.
0: And we, we do. Uh, I get where you're coming from because we see that all the time. Um, and, 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 and quite often people will try things and give up because, and then, and then just say, okay, this is, this doesn't work. I tried that. Um, and, and, and how they tried it um, probably may, may not have been the right way. Um, so, or their approach, whatever it may be. So, so love that. And, and I also really respect uh, as a leader, you know, I have a team too and I, I kind of really resonate with you there the same way without my team uh, and, and them doing what they do and showing up every day and having passion, I wouldn't be able to run my company either. So really respect that as a leader, knowing that you got a great team behind you and that you take responsibility. I feel like uh, the same way, you know, the, the, blame, uh, the, the blame game doesn't work and, and, and ultimately you're the, the accountable one. So totally respect that. I just wanted to point that out.
1: And I, and I Frank, respect that in you, your commitment to um, unlocking people's potential, their acceleration growth, and everything that you're up to in the world uh, and with your team, like that's present uh, and I'm super grateful for like you and this time because so many people um, never get to a place that, that you have and so many of people have and you stand as inspiration and light in what's possible.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, so on the flip side of that, I'd love to get your, your thoughts here because, again, um, you've seen a lot, you've been around a lot of people. Um, what's something you could change if you could? If, if you had the ability, something you see all the time, um, and, and you can, you know, again, wave your wand or whatever it might be, but, but make a change uh, out there, what, what, what's something that you would change if you could?
1: Yeah, I, I think what I would change if I could would be in the legal system um, the amount that people are encouraged to and do uh, lie. And the system is set up um, the way that rules are enforced to encourage lying, which is why people are so frustrated with lawyers, the legal system. And I, I have empathy for lawyers, judges, people, because it's so overwhelming for so many people at the time that it like manifests and, and it, it's like survival of the fittest that who's the best liar's. And so the space we took up is how do we disrupt that? And I'm fortunate to have two top 100 national jury verdicts, uh, being one of only two attorneys in the country out of 1.2 million to have that between 2014 and 16. And in both cases, we're dealing with people who are lying massively. And one, we sent an attorney to prison, federal prison for 30 months. Um, And the others, there was a punitive damage award for like $16 million, all because of lying. But my heart is heavy Because without massive skill sets to understand what to do with lying, then most lawyers default to, well, you know, it's he said, she said, and the judge doesn't really care. All of which is true without the highest level of mastery skill set. So what I would change is I would arm the legal world and judges with the clarity that we can really stop lying and we can discourage it massively instead of the system that it is, which would dramatically reduce legal costs restore a sense of integrity to our legal system, our congressional system, our executive office, all of it, not political left or right, just all of it. And I would shift that. And then I take on the media next in integrity.
0: (laughs) Well, anyone tuning in, and of course, you look at things and you think, that's a that's a big one there, Sean. (laughs) That's a lot of work. But the thing is, we, we need more Sean's in the world. We need more Sean's that are thinking the way you think. And and, and I got to imagine you're not alone out there and explore, especially with you leading a team, you've got the right people on your team, but there's, there's other firms out there. There's other lawyers who think just like you and want to end it. Um, and, and it's a matter of, of everyone contributing and, and, and playing their part. I think if we, we can sit back and say, Hey, I'm not going to do anything. And what's the sense, you know, everyone's going to lie. I'm going to lie too. Or you can say, no, I'm going to be different and I'm going to draw the line here. And I think we need more of that. So again, a lot of respect for you there uh, for, for really you know, pointing that out. Um, so, so one of the favorite things I love to do on the show is really talk about or give my guest a chance to talk about where we're going in the future. So today we're, you know, we've been able to, you know, really reflect on a lot of things. What's important in life going through a COVID crisis, um, and, and, maybe, If I asked you this question, you know, two or three months ago, maybe it would be different, maybe it wouldn't. But where, where, where's the future look like? What do you think? Just your thoughts, and this is kind of a blanket, you know, really uh, open question for you. But where are we going to be in five years?
1: Yeah. So the first thing that pops to mind, um, which I don't want to sound self-serving, so I'll just drop it at the end. What I think the future holds is transparency. I think we have moved towards a an endless continuum of absolute transparency, and I think that influence, I'm very confident that influence is the only attainable superpower. And as transparency increases, the value of marketing claims decrease, and people are gonna have more and more of an ability to see it, taste it, feel it, smell it, right? All of it, and our skills rising and our ability to masterfully deliver on our craft is going to be uh, much more accessible to people. So, for example, if you're an orthopedic surgeon, you're an attorney, you're an accountant, you're a realist, a realtor, a coach, a trainer, a speaker, uh, a chef, whatever it is, we're going to have more and more transparent ways to assess, not like just through reviews, but experiential demonstrations, through um, sampling, through literal lie detection systems that are going to become more and more pervasive, which we've already seen in the economy and review systems and transparency and uh, Amazon delivery. Everything's going to be so much faster and transparent. Um, and I see that evolving. Um, so staying ahead of that, we've created something at to called the real raw role play to demonstrate who people are, what they are in the context of selling people that claim to have great skill sets in selling, trained in selling or lead, as an advancement in that transparency and I I do believe that that we are moving towards that level of absolute decision-making transparency websites were the beginning the next evolution was video podcasting more and we're moving towards demonstrations and experiences that give people even more um, transparency before they buy
0: well, I'm glad you brought up um, the role-playing. I did see that um, on the Unblinded. I, I believe I, I saw it on the Unblinded website. But I'd love for uh, – before we, we wrap up, to do two things. One, uh, it looks like you do a lot of events with Unblinded. Uh, I checked them out. You're doing some cool stuff virtually. Uh, and you know, this episode you know won't drop for a couple weeks, but it looks like you're pretty consistent there with doing some stuff. So, A – Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the events that you put on on unblinded? It looks like you do some sessions where, you know, you're kind of doing some some again, giving away some of your equity um, as far as what you're sharing. Um, And then there's some other events that you'll probably do in person, but then two is outside of unblinded. If people want to find you you where they go and where can we direct someone to go to learn more about Sean and of course, unblinded.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, Frank. So um, our first event uh, was a 1,600-person event um, in the Meadowlands Exhibition Center in New Jersey. And that was the byproduct of all the formula that we're talking about. And, and yes, we are relentlessly consistent, and we've created the unblinded movement to help people, again, see the fun and excitement of exponentially growing their sales, um, see what they don't see about the fun and excitement of exponentially growing their sales. And every day, I, I, we're like the 125th consecutive weekday, every weekday, uh, we hold an 8.30 a.m. huddle. Um, we have hundreds of people on live every day and we are um, there to deliver what we're proclaiming and uh, aspiring to as the greatest way to start your day from 830 AM Eastern time to nine every day. And then we also do the real raw role plays and that's on every day at 3 PM Eastern time where you have these incredible people, three, two contestants, three judges. We've had Les Brown, Joseph McClendon, Brad sugars, founder of action coaching, Frank, love to have you on. If you know anybody, right, attorney to author to any yourself, anyone that you think would be a great judge, great contestant, we're in the process of naming Influencer of 2020, just beginning through Influence Offs. Like American Idol meets March Madness meets professional boxing uh, in the space of entrepreneurship and influence, as well as we're going to open it up to having Influence Offs, AKA like the American Idol situation where more and more people are involved it's all for free no cost no anything all designed to unlock the reality that influence is a superpower and unblinded we have it and you can get it there and we're having fun with it so that's what we're up to and the way to find it is um unblinded movement on facebook um or unblindedhuddle.com to sign up for the huddles great you for
0: i will um I'll drop all that in the show notes for everyone. Make sure everyone has access to that. And we'll, we'll, we'll definitely direct them there. Sounds really uh, exciting. And, and love the fact that you mentioned, you know, you're doing this is kind of, this is a give back. So it's like really a way for people to, 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 to take advantage of it and not, you know, there's no kind of ulterior motive there. So uh, again, really, really awesome. Uh, we'll link that in here. Sean, thank you so much for being on. It's been great to have you, hearing your story, uh, hearing what you're doing um, as far as from from your business success, uh, but also some of the your personal things you shared. So, again, thank you. Uh, I wish you well, and uh, I can't wait for this episode to drop.
1: Thank you. Uh, Frank, thank you and everyone. So grateful. All right. I want to thank everyone
0: who took the time out of their day to listen in. If you like the show, please give it a rating. If you or someone you know would be an amazing guest on the show, head over to fivequestionswithfrank.com for more information. I'll see you next week.